Proverbs chapter 4. You know, lots of exciting things going on this week. I was a little bummed yesterday uh, because I logged onto the internet and I found out that my favorite snack when I go to a mall is the number one most unhealthy food that you can buy. Um, it was the caramel pecan bun at Cinnabon. So that was a little discouraging to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm over it by now. In Proverbs chapter 4, speaking of health, it says in verse 23, Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. You know, I know too many of us that go, oh, wow, I'm so, I'm so thankful my heart, it, it just beat a beat right there. Was that, that was so spectacular. I mean, it just sent blood around my body. I'm just, I'm so thankful, heart, that you just accomplished that. Now, your heart's just one of those things that you take for granted until you have a problem with it. Remember my uh, younger brother, when he was in high school, he would, his heart would start beating like 250 beats a minute, and his whole chest would just be shaking. And every time they tried to get him to the hospital to get an e- EKG or ECG, I don't remember which one, it would stop. And eventually, they, after two or three years of attempts, they finally got it on there, and it turns out that he had one muscle fiber that was attached incorrectly. So while he was awake, the cardiologist at the University of Iowa uh, put up through one of his arteries and did heart surgery while he was awake, snipped that one little muscle fiber, and for the last 25 years, his heart functions perfectly. I don't know how your heart's doing. Hopefully it's good. You know, when Solomon is giving input, he says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Do you know how your heart is doing? Are you just living life, assuming it's fine, unless there's a really big problem? You know, your heart affects your emotions. Your feelings, your motivation, your spiritual determination. And yet, as important as that is, we can still live life unaware of where our heart is at. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus told a parable. He had a large crowd. And gathering around him, Jesus used the opportunity to minister to their heart. And in Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4, it says, A large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town. He told this parable. A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock when it came up. The plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up 
with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he had said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, that though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with the noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Jesus had a large crowd that gathered. And he said, you've got to guard your heart. He said, you need to know where you're at. You need to know how your heart is doing. And he told them a story that would make it easy to figure out, hey, where am I at today? You know, even quotes from Isaiah. Because they said, well, why, why are you speaking in parables? What's this mean? And he says, well, I do this because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parable, so that seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. You go, well, wait, it almost seems like Jesus is trying to trick people so they can't figure out where they're at. No, you know what? That is not the problem with the parable. He's saying the point of a parable is that the open heart sees and learns what they need to learn and respond. And the closed heart can hear the exact same story and be blind and deaf to the truth that's going on. He said, will your heart be ministered to today or will you hear the story and leave unchanged? Now, Jesus had a way of telling stories that just related uh, to the natural occurrences in life and drawing spiritual analogies with it. And he uses seeds scattered on the ground. It was, a, you know, an agriculture-based society, and so they were all familiar with this. I, I have another story to share with you. Um, two Saturdays ago, I went riding uh, with uh, some of my buddies, and, um, you know, as fathers are prone to do, we started talking about things that had to get fixed. Um, and it started around cars because, you know, if you are a parent of children who drive and you have multiple cars, it doesn't take long before you too will be sharing stories about what needs to get fixed on all your cars. And so they were sharing stories of, oh, and this broke and this doesn't run and I changed this part out. And then, you know, we're just riding along out to Agua Dulce sharing, you know, broken things stories. And I was really feeling bad for these guys. Not totally bad, but a little bad because we had our wave of car repair stuff that, you know, over the last six months. But the last month, we've been pretty good. So I was fired up, you know, very sympathetic, um, trying to connect heart-wise. 
um, with that. And, uh, you know, after we got done with the ride, I came home on my way home, and I'm like, well, thank God we don't have any car issues going on. So I opened the garage, and there's water all over the garage floor. And I go, well, this is kind of weird. Um, we don't normally have water on the garage floor, so, you know, you start trying to track where the water's coming from. Well, it's coming from the hot water heater. Now, I don't know how much you know about your hot water heater. I didn't know all that much about my hot water heater. I know how ours worked. It's a big tank with a flame under it, and it heats water. And if you showered or bathed this morning, you were very fired up about your water heater. But you don't really think about hot water. You just you turn the hot water valve, and hot water comes out. And teenagers use too much of it sometimes. And you hope that there's hot water when you, you know, get into the shower. But other than that, you don't really think about your hot water. But so now at this moment in my life, I'm thinking about our hot water. Because hot water is all over our garage floor. So, you know, and I I go up there and the first thing I do is close the main water valve um, off to the hot water heater. But as I get closer, you just hear blink, blink, blink. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this is not good. So hot water heaters toast. And I know that better act quickly because right now it's just big dripping going on. But in a matter of moments, all 40 gallons is going to come out into the garage. So, you know, drained it and sent it out there and got a new hot water heater put in. And that was just a joyous 900 bucks. And uh, but you come to my house, you're going to have some really impressive hot water. (laughs) You know, I like spending money on things that are kind of upgrades. But, you know, you want to come over and see my new hot water heater? It's really awesome. And you know what it does? It heats water. But, you know, if you, if you own a home, you know the joys of that, spending money on things that are not upgrades. So anyway, so hot water heaters. Kind of like the human heart. Because you just function thinking that, well, of course I'm going to have hot water. I mean, I always have hot water. I, I go in the morning and I turn the valve on and everything works fine. Until you don't have hot water one day. Or you have water all over your garage. And all of a sudden you go, oh wait, there's a problem. And I think about Jesus' story. And he, and he talked about the hearts that were the seed on the path. And you know what was, what's my version of that in the parable? That's those taking cold showers. Now I know we talk about, oh, sometimes the hot water was, you know, near the end and I had to take a cold shower. And what we really mean, it was kind of lukewarm shower. I had my first experience with a really, really cold shower after a Russian sauna, a banya. And they go, oh, here, finally, before you're done, you got to go in that room and you sit on that bench. And when you're ready, just pull that cord. And I said, what happens when I pull that cord? And they said about 20 gallons of 35-degree water pour onto you in one big epic moment. So I'm representing the United States of America. I cannot, like, wuss out at that moment. 
So you sit down on this kind of marble bench. And there, there it is right there. Nothing worse than like self-inflicted. <laughs> like, okay, I'm ready. It's like, boom. And it's just like this waterfall of ice water. You know, the ice bucket challenge? That was like two or three gallons, okay? I mean, this like 25 gallons of just ice cold water just on you. Your heart stops for a moment. You, you no longer have jet lag. And you, like your eyes are just... Okay, now, if that's what you had to do every morning to shower before you went to school or work, that's the seed on the path. Because you go, well, that would be silly. I mean, why? How could anybody... Do that day after day after day. You know what? If you grew up and you had no heated water, you would think that was just normal. And sometimes our hearts get so hard that what should register is this traumatic, unbelievable moment. We just learn to live with it. And so somebody else is like, I mean, your shower's ice cold. and You're like, yeah. So... You know, it's, I'll deal with it later. It's not that big a deal. I mean, you know, that costs so much money, effort, hard work. It's going to dredge up all this angst inside me. And I just don't want to have to deal with that. So I'd just rather take a cold shower today. You go, what kind of thinking is that? None of us would ever do that, would we? You know, we do it every time we hear the Word of God, we read the Word of God, and we're hardened to what it says. God's trying to communicate with you, with me, and we go, oh, it's far far too much work involved with that one. Let's, let's move over to the Psalms where I can just like feel good. Let's get away from those verses that tell me to do anything. I'll deal with that later when I get older. When I get to the age where I know what get down means. Then I'll deal with my spiritual life. You see, Satan is working on you at every moment of every day. If your heart is hard to keep it exactly where it is. He'll even let you come to church. As long as your heart can be hard enough that the Word of God will have no impact. You know, an objective party could look and go, wait, you need the Word of God. I know your life. I know where you're at. Well, you need this sermon. And you're like, it's fine. I'll deal with it later. Say, how's your heart? Now, there's a second group. Jesus said, you know, it's a soil that had rocks in it. So what happened with the rocky soil? Well, you know what? They were excited to live that life, but they had no root. And it says it's a time of testing. They quickly fell away. You say, you know, what's that story? That's the people that fixed their water heater with a duct tape. You got leaks, 
coming out all over. Instead of fixing the water heater, you go, okay, we're going to get a little drainage pan, and we're going to hook a hose up to it. So even though it keeps leaking, I think we'll be fine, and we'll just drain the water out of the house. You know, so that way I still get my hot water because hot water is a good thing, and I love, love hot water, but, but you kind of compensate. What's, you know, it's like, man, I, I, I really don't think it should leak, but what's the quickest, most convenient way to fix a situation? So the intentions are good. They even recognize there's a problem. But rather than actually fix it right, don't do the work. To have roots. Now it says the time of testing. You know, Jesus knows that in our lives there will always be a time of testing. It's not if, it's when. We're tested in many ways, we're tested by disappointment, discouragement. Sin, sickness, money problems, relationship issues, job challenges, school. Thankfully, we're on summer break. We're tested when it's like really hot outside. I am. We're tested. We're all tested. You know, and there's a lot of times, you know, the thing about water heaters, they all look the same. Except for the tankless ones, but I, I you know, didn't want to go that far. But, you know, the other water heaters, they're, they're, they're round. They're tall. Some are white. We have a new one now. Ours is gray. That's a serious upgrade. And it has a little blinky light on it, too, which for 900 bucks, you get a blinky light on your a water heater. But so often we think, hey, heart's fine. But it hasn't been tested. You know, we got earthquake safety straps around it. Why? So that if anything happens, it's solid. And sometimes because our heart seems to be in good shape, we assume that it's fine when the reality is we just haven't been tested yet. And then the very next day or maybe later on that day, the test comes and it's like, whoa! And we go, wow, what happened? That's like the person that says, I was so humble until I got married. We know the answer to that. You're prideful all along. Your roommates or family or whoever you were living with before you got married was more tolerant of your pride than your spouse. Marriage didn't change the pride level of your heart. It just exposed what was already in there. And there's testing that goes on day after day after day. And there's moments in our life and we're going, wow, what happened? We didn't survive the test. Say, what changed? Nothing. Your heart's been messed up. It just wasn't exposed until the test. You know, I read a story five days ago about a dog named Figo. Maybe you read the story. 
New York. Figo, golden retriever, guide for the blind. Figo and her owner were walking across an intersection, busy intersection. They had the right of way. The walk sign was going. The dog led the blind. Uh, I think it was a man across the street. And there was a, a, a small school bus with two kindergartners that did not see either of them. The dog realized they were about to get hit and lunged at the bus so that the bus would make impact with the dog to protect its owner. It's fur on the front of the the bus. The leg was broken. The blind owner was injured. Multiple broken bones. Said the paramedics surrounded the scene. The dog would not leave the owner. Both dog and owner are recovering. They're going to both be fine. But now you think about that. I want you to ask yourself in the time of testing what you would do in the story. Would you run to the fight? Would you protect? Would you guard? Would you take one for the team? Or would you jump out of the way? You know, I really believe when the time of testing comes, our hearts are revealed one way or the other. When we go through tough times, our hearts, our lives either rise to one of our finest hours. Or we duck and run for cover and say, let somebody else deal with it. You know, the thing about it is it takes a time of testing to show you what's really on the inside. The thing about the rocky soil is that everything was going great. And you'd go, oh man, it's awesome. My faith is going exactly the way I want. And then, boom, the time of testing comes. Man, we got to do the hard work. What's Jesus say was the difference maker? What kind of roots we have? So how deep are your spiritual roots? You say, what are, our, what are our roots? It's our convictions, our knowledge of Scripture, our relationship with God. Yeah, there's times where you need somebody else's faith to get through a rough moment, but ultimately you're going to stand or fall spiritually based upon what you really believe on your inside. And if you're going through a time of testing right now and you're not doing well, you know what? Get the rocks out. Dig deeper. Read more. Study harder. Memorize. Get the roots in your own heart because your life depends upon it. You know, the thorny soil, it says that they went on their way. 
And it says that it got choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. You know, and that's just the one that minimized the leak. There's just life issues going on. But instead of dealing with them, he thought, I'll be fine. I mean, 40 gallons of hot water, a little leak. Yeah, yeah, you got water on your garage. Who cares? Minimizes the damage of small heart issues. You know, things about weeds and thorns is they strangle the plant. They rob energy, nutrients, and resources from the plant. You got any of those thorny issues going on in your heart? You got any leaks? You say, what, 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 are, what are the leaks? Anything you're worried about right now? You want to be able to focus, but you just hear, blink, blink. Now, you, you have a hard time being settled if you go somewhere because you're wondering, was today the day maybe the leak got really big and I'm going to come home and find 40 gallons of water all over? It's like, I think I'm fine, but, you know, I just can't be confident. And it just occupies the spot in your heart and in your mind. And day after day, hour after hour, it sits in the forefront robbing you of the energy and emotional and spiritual resources to connect with God. You know the way weeds work? It's not like the, you know, the Venus flytrap, you know, that plant that, wah, you know. No, it just slowly grows up. And it just takes those nutrients in small increments, and pretty soon you realize that, that your heart is dead. You say, how did it happen? Little by little, it eroded your faith in your convictions. You know, leaks do not improve over time. Now, praying to God, please plug my leaky water heater. You know, that's like our prayer sometimes before dinner. You know, we're having like hot dogs and Cheetos. God, please bless this food to the nourishment of our body. <laughs> I think God must laugh. Really? It's easier to change water into wine. We got to fix the leaks. Because they'll destroy our hearts. You know, the final is the good soil. So it stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. It says noble and good heart. You know, what's that? Hey, that's my new water heater. It is noble and good. I spent the extra 50 bucks to get to 12 year warranty on the tank and then I spent another hundred bucks from Lowe's to get 11 years on top of that so now my noble and good water heater 23 year warranty on that thing 
I started thinking things like, I will be 71 years old when the warranty runs out on this. That's a lot of years of going, man, that is a sweet water heater. Say, that, that's what we want, right? But see, God says, there's, there's a mechanism for that. There's a solution. You can have that. It's right there in front of you. He says, well, what do you do? Well, you've got to hear the Word. You're in the right place. You're hearing the Word of God. And that phone. You're hearing both. The Word of God and that phone. But you hear the Word of God. And you retain it. You say, what does that mean? It stays with you. You ever had one of those times where you hear something, and the moment the hearing part is done, you go, I really have no idea what was just said, because I wasn't paying attention, because I was thinking about that phone ringing, and I, I don't remember what he said. I don't remember what the point was. You know, my kids used to do that. You ask them to do something, and they go, huh? And then you pause for a moment, and then it sinks in, and then they go, oh, okay, and then they go do it. Um, but sometimes that's how we are. We hear it, but we feel like, well, we got bonus points because we heard it. No, hearing is only the first part. It's got to stick with you. That's why it's good to take notes, because unless you've got a photographic memory... A lot of times, 24 hours later, you go, well, I may have remembered this, you know, something about have a good water heater, but I'm not really sure what, what to do. You say, work hard to retain it. Because reading the Word of God or listening to it without any kind of middle step where it stays with you is a waste. And then it says, and by persevering. I hate that word. <laughs> Don't you wish it read differently? Hear the word of God, retain it, and poof, insta-Christian. <laughs> no, that is not my solution. That is not your solution. Perseverance is required. It is hard to live the Christian life. It is not for the faint of heart if you got no character. It's very hard to live the Christian life. Because you've got to change your life. You've got to change your priorities. You've got to do things that you don't feel like doing. And you've got to stop doing things that you do feel like doing. It's not easy. You go, well, how long do I got to do it? Exactly. Persevering. All day every day for the rest of your life. Say noble and good. 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. Man, I loved hearing Colin share about his mother-in-law. She is a superhero. And you think about the impact of her life and her situations. Perseverance has been required. But all kinds of lives have been changed. Through one faithful woman of God that didn't even speak English as her first language. She speaks some English. But you know what? You can overcome obstacles and you can persevere. You say, what impact does God have waiting for you? 
Say, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You know, Jesus told this story to a large crowd. And he said, your heart is going to fit into one of these categories. So where is it? You know, good soil. With the warranty built in, and it's not a 23-year warranty. You keep persevering. You keep hearing, retaining, persevering. You, you got an eternal warranty. It's awesome. Never runs out. We do our part. God says, your heart is going to be in the right place. You know, perseverance is required. That means you have rough days, and sometimes rough weeks or rough months, and you got to persevere. Some days require a whole lot less perseverance to live the Christian life. Say, your heart will be tested. And Jesus is trying to educate 